Well, hello, everybody. It's wonderful to have you with us. I pray wherever you are that you know that God is with you exactly in the place where you are. Well, we are in this series, The Holy Spirit Powered Life. Yesterday, I talked about what it meant to be rich in God and how the Holy Spirit leads us to that place. And in it, we looked at a passage of scripture from Luke's gospel, starting in verse 13, where Jesus is talking about money and he relates it to that kind of richness. And, and I made the comment that Jesus doesn't seem to be opposed to wealth and to people being wealthy, but rather what has people's heart. Well, the question's been asked of me, but wasn't Jesus really against, against uh, money? But because when we look at the scriptures, we see, we see, for example, the parable of the rich young man who comes to Jesus and says to Jesus, Hey, Jesus, uh, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, well, looks at him and goes, your possessions are getting in the way. Go sell your possessions and come give to the poor and come follow me. It seems that possessions get in the way or being wealthy gets in the way. Or the story of the way Jesus says it's harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven than for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle. Well, what's Jesus really saying? Because we can read it at the simple level that, that it's wealth that Jesus is against. But gee, it was, the, it was the rich women who followed Jesus around paying for his bills as he did ministry and feeding him. Uh, if we look in society today, it's the wealthy that create employment, that are behind much of the innovations we see in science, education, the arts, sport, uh, that uh, medicine, um, it, it doesn't seem to equate that Jesus is against it, but we do have that thought, don't we? Well, let me talk about this. And, and I'm, what would normally take me 30 to 40 minutes to do in a long form message, let's see if I can do it in a very short period of time. Let's go and read from Luke chapter 12, starting in verse 13. Let's read the passage again. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, friend, who set me to be a judge or arbiter over you? And he said to them, take care, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. And then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, what should I do for I have no place to store my crops? And then he said, I'll do this. I'll pull down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for my many years. Relax, eat, drink and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, those whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. Is this a story about Jesus being against wealth? Or is this, is this a story about Jesus talking about a, a richness that is beyond what we have? Let's go back to Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve are in the garden. Jesus say, God says to them, don't eat the fruit from the, knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Adam and Eve reject God. They say, hey, we know better than you. And they eat that fruit. And in effect, they turn their back on God because there's, there seems to be this principle in humanity where we want to be in charge. And so God pushes them out of the, of the Garden of Eden. 
And in time, God chooses a people under Moses and he says, I'm going to be your God and you're going to be my people. And he gives them the, the Ten Commandments. And what's the first commandment? You shall have no other God but me. Now, now, effectively, what God is seeking is to be the Lord of our life, the first place in our life, the most important being in our life, because apart from God, we can't live. We can't. We, we have. And that's the essence of what eternal uh, um, original sin is. And eternal damnation is that when we reject God, we can't live without God. We can't fully live without God. And so, and so if we look through the Old Testament, what is, what is it that irks God the most? It is when the people of Israel take on the gods of other nations for themselves. And so it is, we read in the scriptures, where people take on money and power and possessions and they put them as the most important things in their life. And what Jesus is saying is it's possible to have other gods that dominate our life and not God himself and not God himself. And what's the antidote? What's the antidote to, to being able to say, you know, the, that the wealth I have doesn't rule me because the because the problem is is that is that we look around today and we see lists of the most wealthiest people in the world in society we look at all of those rich and famous people and the programs about you know the rich and famous we look in the social media world about those who are influencers and have power in that way and somehow that is held up to be important and there's something in our spirit and in our heart that says i want more see when we, when we don't have, at times we're more open to God because we need to be more dependent on God. I've shared in the past, occasionally, not very often, in building the ministry over the years, there have been times where to do this, um, I've not been able to draw a salary and sometimes for a few years at a time. And, and, and it has been very difficult, very difficult. There have been moments when we haven't known if we had enough food. There have been moments when, moments when Rosemary and I haven't known if we've been able to keep a roof over our children's head. All because we felt God say to us, share the gospel with more people so that they would come to love me. Share the gospel, sacrifice that people could come to love me. And, and, and there have been times when I have pleaded with God, God, would you feed my children? God, would you, would you feed my staff? Would you look over us? And because I haven't got the capability, I haven't got the ability to do it, I have fallen before God. I've sometimes laid on the ground and I've, I've cried out to God with all my heart. But I'm also a little bit like Paul. He says, I know what it's like to have, to have nothing. I know what it's like to have, have as well. I've known times when we've had much as a ministry and as a family. And in those times, guess what? I don't seem to pray that much as, as, more, as dependently upon God because what I have and the possessions and the money that I have, I put in the center of my life and I go, well, I'm okay. I don't need to be dependent on God because I can go by on my own means. What Jesus is saying is that for the person who is wealthy, it, it is harder. It is harder for them to submit their lives to God because so often they can stop and say, well, I can just be dependent on my own means. But that doesn't mean that the wealthy should, he's against wealth. Because as a society and a world, the wealthy create employment. Think about advances in technology, medicine, education, uh, 
in the sciences, innovation, the sport, culture, technology. Much of that has happened because we have wealthy people. Look at Jesus. Jesus, as I said yesterday, was someone who wandered around and it says, and wealthy women followed him and paid his bills. You didn't hear him ever rebuking them and say, how dare you have a lot in, and to give away. No, no, he never said that. What Jesus is striking at consistently right throughout the entire scripture is who is Lord? What is Lord? What is center? What is dominant in your life? Because your life, as it says in verse 5, is, uh, does not consist in the abundance of possessions, but consists in God. Our life is in Him. And so to be in Him is to be truly rich. It is to be truly rich. And so in this passage of Scripture, what Jesus is saying is, submit to me. And, and, so, and so it's not a question of having much, but it is knowing that the much you have can be a hindrance to God. What's the antidote? What is the solution to transforming our heart? And, and, and if you read the scriptures, it's this, it's the concept of giving. It is giving away that which we have. Because once we begin to accrue, Sometimes we, we, we don't give away with a proportionate generosity to someone who is poor. We give away often out of our excess. And to, be, and to, give, uh, to give out of, uh, to give is to say, I will not allow my power, I will not allow my possessions, I will not allow my money to be Lord of me and to hold on to it. But rather I will give it away. And when we give it to church and ministry, when we give it to education, when we give it to the needy, when we give it to poor, when we give it to medicine, we give it to advances and we stop and we go, I could keep that, I could be wealthier and we give it away. We, uh, it's an antidote and it says to God, God, you're the center of my life. I will not allow it to dominate my life. A couple of years ago, a gentleman approached me who had just sold his business and he came to me and he said to me, he said, I want to make a donation. And he wanted to donate $50,000. He wasn't donating it to me. It never came to me. It went to the ministry so that the ministry could do more. And when I spoke to him about it, he said, you know, he said, my wife and I have really wrestled with this. And I said, oh, why is that? And, and, he, and he said, because it's, it's, it's this question of our heart because we, it's so, it seems so countercultural to just give away. I spoke to a couple in the United States, in Florida, only in the last week. And they listened to the message, what happened in Phoenix. And, and what they did was they came along and they contacted me. I don't know who they are. I've never met them. And they made a decision to contribute $10,000 to the ministry as a response to what happened in Phoenix. And so that that work can go on. And they said to me, this is the biggest donation that we have ever given. And for them, it was a question of the heart. Giving away is so is so countercultural, particularly when you give away of your substance. That's why Jesus, when the, the poor woman who gave away two pennies gave into the treasury where others were giving more, uh, and, and Jesus looked at them and says, he said, this woman's given more because she was giving something from her heart. What this scripture is talking about is this scripture is talking about the, the content of our heart, the surrender of our life, where we come back to God and we say, Jesus, you are Lord, God, you are Lord and center of my life. I hope that makes sense. 
I could do it. I could give a lot more time to that. But it's just such a critical passage of scripture about the richness of God in our life. It is not a scripture about God has a problem with people being wealthy. Loving Father, I give you thanks and I give you praise that, Lord God, you give to some to have much and for some reason some to have less. Allow us, Lord God, to submit our lives into your plan and into your way. And Father, we make this prayer in the name of Jesus through the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Hey, God bless you all, everybody. I did that in 12 minutes um, as opposed to 30 minutes um, getting shorter. Hey, God bless you. See you tomorrow. And don't forget wherever you are, God is never far from you.